You say you can't afford to outsource until your business grows. And I say, what if your business won't grow until you outsource? You're a voice actor. You're an entrepreneur. You're a VOpreneur. Welcome to the Everyday VOpreneur podcast, your guide through the business of voiceover. The Everyday VOpreneur podcast is brought to you by the VoiceOver Marketing Playbook. If you've got professional demos, a professional home studio, professional training, and you're still not booking, it's likely due to your marketing. The good news is we can fix it. The VoiceOver Marketing Playbook is a step-by-step, easy-to-follow marketing course that will give you a clear plan for finding your own leads, building your own client base, and becoming the consistently working voice actor you want to be. The playbook will be available again April 9th through 18th at voiceovermarketingplaybook.com. The VOpreneur Podcast. Hey, it doesn't suck. Not as funny as Conan. Not as cute as Seth Meyers. Not as smart as Colbert. But he's one of us, and that counts for something. Here's Mark Scott, the original Everyday VOpreneur. Welcome to another episode of the Everyday VOpreneur Podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining me. Thanks for listening. And as always, thank you for contributing as well. Make sure that you share the podcast with your friends. Let them know that they can listen anywhere that they like to listen to their favorite podcasts, including iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean. We are everywhere. Share the podcast and leave a review. Make sure that everybody knows about it. So today on the episode, we are going to talk about outsourcing because this is a really popular subject that has been coming up in the group more and more lately. And I'm really excited about that because it's something that I want you to think about. Actually, starting that conversation and starting that train of thought of outsourcing is a really positive sign of a shift from thinking of yourself exclusively as a voice actor to thinking of yourself as a VOpreneur. When you are at a point in your business where you are open and receptive to the possibility of having other people do work for you, you have gone from just trying to run this thing completely by yourself, trying to pull yourself in a thousand directions and trying to be that creative voice actor to thinking like a small business owner, to thinking like an entrepreneur, to thinking like a VOpreneur. At VO Atlanta, I actually did an X session where I taught on outsourcing. Now, that was just one part of the X session, but it was a really eye-opening part of the X session for the people who attended. I'm not going to give away all the secrets that I gave away in that X session, but there are some things that I want to talk about in this episode to at least get you open to the possibility of outsourcing for your voiceover business, because sometimes it is one of the easiest ways to start to see growth. So... When it comes to outsourcing, the first thing you got to realize is it has less to do with whether or not you can do something and more about whether or not you should be doing something. So let's dig a little bit deeper into that. Of course, you can probably figure something out if you've got enough time to do it. All of the information in the world is out there on the interwebs. You can watch YouTube videos, you can read blogs, you can find articles, you can ask questions on Reddit, you can dig into your friends' brains through social media, whatever the case may be, all of that information is out there. But how much of your time are you going to spend trying to figure it out? So one of the points that I made in my X session, and this was one that really resonated with a lot of people, you're trying to figure out how to do something in editing, in your Adobe Audition software, or whatever software that maybe you use. 
and you can't figure out how to do it. So you end up watching YouTube video after YouTube video after YouTube video after YouTube video. And after watching 25 or 30 hours of YouTube videos, you finally figure out how to fix whatever the thing was that you wanted to work on. And you're very proud of yourself for finally figuring out how to do it. But what you don't realize is that you could have went to somebody like an Uncle Roy or a Tim Tippett's or whoever it may be, and you could have paid them a small fee to have that problem resolved for you in one or two hours instead of you spending 25 or 30 hours on YouTube. And all of that extra time that you gained back could have been time that was spent towards your voiceover business and actually making money for your voiceover business. And when I presented it to people that way, you could see there was a lot of aha moments in the room because that tends to be the way that we are. I know that because that is sometimes the way that I am. What I want you to do is not let the pride of saying that you did it yourself or you figured it out for yourself be the thief of time that can never be replaced. That is so important. Every minute that you devote to those pursuits that could have been tasked to someone else is another minute, another hour, another day, another week, another month that you have lost working on your voiceover business. Or at the least, the areas of your business that only you can work on. So here's another example. When I made the decision a couple of months ago to launch this podcast, I had absolutely no idea how that actually worked. I didn't know what was involved in launching a podcast. So I did ask a couple of questions of people that I know that have done them. And thank you to Paul Stefano of the VO Meter for answering some questions for me. And thank you to Anganguza of the VO Boss podcast for answering questions for me. But what I very quickly realized was that the podcast in and of itself was going to be very time consuming already. Putting together the episodes, sitting down, doing the recording, doing the editing, doing the mixing, doing the promotion for the podcast, all of that sort of stuff. And so if there was any way that I could make my life a little bit easier and free up some time in the midst of all of that, I needed to find it. I have the personality that I would have sat down and I would have devoted a week of my life to figuring this out and I would have enjoyed a great deal of satisfaction when I did. But what I don't have anymore is the luxury of giving up a week of my life to figure this stuff out. I got too many things going on between my coaching business, my voiceover business, my family, and everything else. And so I made a decision very, very early in this process that I was going to find somebody who was an expert in launching podcasts, and I was going to pay them, and they were going to do this for me. And it was just going to be so much easier. And that's exactly what I did. I went onto a freelancer website. I posted a job. Somebody answered it within, probably within about two hours. I had about a dozen responses. I read through them. I asked a couple of them questions. And I ended up finding a guy who for 20 bucks an hour was going to get the podcast into all of the various and assorted places. So this guy was going to get the podcast on iTunes, on Google Play, on Spotify, on Stitcher, all these different places that I was going to have to figure out how to do it. He was going to get it done in two hours. So it cost me 40 bucks to get this guy to do something that I could have spent a week of my life working on. Is a week of my life worth more than $40? You better believe it is. And so that was a really no-brainer decision. But we don't always think about that. Because for a lot of us, what are you thinking about? You're thinking about, I just saved 40 bucks. What I'm thinking about is, if my average weekly income is about $3,000 a week, sometimes more, sometimes less, and I just spent a week of my life trying to figure out how to get this podcast online. I didn't just save 40 bucks. I just lost 3000 
And that doesn't make good business sense. So you can't always look at it strictly about the dollars and cents. You can't look at just the monetary value. You have to put a value on your time. That is absolutely so important. So what I did was I reached out to some guys that I know do some outsourcing in their own business, and I wanted to get their thoughts on it. And the first guy that I reached out to is a man that I respect so much, and I want you to listen to what he has to say because he is going to drop some serious knowledge on you. One of the guys that you'll recognize from VO Atlanta, who is uh, constantly working behind the scenes, but an absolute integral part of making that conference run the way that it does. Check out what Ron Minitri has to say about outsourcing in his business. You know, my first thought when I began to explore outsourcing for my business was to look at lead generation or some of the other things that they take a lot of time. They frankly aren't my favorite things to do and really aren't in the center of my wheelhouse. But the priority wasn't just to offload things that I didn't like to do. The priority was to create more time to do the things that only I could do so I could be adding greater value to my business. Now, as I started to look at where my time was going each week, I realized I was spending about a half a day cutting the grass and doing all the trim work and then resting up from the work that I was doing outside in the Texas heat. So I made one phone call, and for 50 bucks a week, I was able to add a half day back into my week to focus on the things that no one else could do but me. So yes, I, I have a service that uh, can help with lead generation, but even that requires a little bit of a learning curve to improve the quality of those leads. But getting someone to do my yard work took a phone call and 50 bucks, and I got a half day back into my week. I love that. Not just offloading things that I don't like to do. It's about freeing up time to do the things only I can do. That's the way that you got to start looking at this. Yes, you have the ability to do your accounting and your bookkeeping. Yes, you have the ability to do your lead generation. Yes, you have the ability to do your email marketing. Yes, you have the ability to do your editing. You have the ability to do all of these different parts of your business. But only you have your voice. Only you have the ability to work with your clients. Only you have the ability to get in the studio and record. And so if you are giving too much time to all of those other pursuits and not having enough time to get into the booth and do the recording, then you're not maximizing the potential of your business. Freeing up the time to do the things that only you can do. I love it. You know, the other big factor in the midst of all of this is we don't always sit down and put an actual value on our time. So... As voice actors, we're used to setting budgets based on projects, right? A client comes to you and says, I've got a five-minute corporate narration video. It's going to exist on the web, uh, you know, on our website for a year, blah, blah, blah. And then you sit down and you say, okay, uh, it's going to be $500. And then you get all excited because, oh, it's $500 for this five-minute video, which, of course, doesn't actually take you five minutes to do or whatever. But the point is we build our budgets based on projects which means that we don't always sit down and think about what our time is actually worth. So one of the questions that I want you to think about is, have you ever put an hourly rate on your time? So one of the things that I taught in my X session, let's just say that you make $100,000 a year and you work 40 hours a week, that works out to about $50 an hour. So 
right off the bat, and again, we're just throwing some numbers out there, just, you know, for example's purposes, but uh, right off the bat now, we know that your time has a minimum value of $50 an hour. So then the question becomes, why are you spending your $50 an hour time working on projects that somebody else could be working on for $10 an hour? Is that maximizing the potential of your business? If you could have somebody working for $10 an hour for you for 10 hours a week, so it costs you $100 a week, but that gets you back 10 hours of your time at $50 an hour, you're still $400 ahead. So can you really not afford a freelancer when you think about it from that perspective? And there are so many different ways that you can have freelancers working in your business. And one of the most obvious ones is what Rich Miller is using freelancers for in his business. Check out Rich's story. I started narrating audiobooks several years ago. And like many people, I started out through ACX. Also, like many people, I started out doing everything. Narrating, of course. Proofing to verify I read everything correctly. Editing to remove clicks, clean up any timing issues, etc. And mastering, using tools like compression and limiting to get the audio within ACX specs. But there are good reasons why this is not the best way to work. When you proof your own work, you're likely to miss mistakes that someone else would catch. If you misread something once, you're likely to misread it again. And unless you've trained as an audio engineer, a lot of what needs to be done in the editing and mastering steps might be difficult to grasp or implement. And in any case, it's unlikely that your final product is going to sound as good as it would if a professional engineer handled the post-production. I was pretty familiar with several different audio software packages, and I was still frustrated sometimes because I didn't have the right tools at my disposal or enough experience with the ones I did have to know how to make more subtle changes. But maybe most importantly, I don't know anybody who got into audiobook narration in order to spend more time proofing, editing, and mastering. Most audiobook narrators get into it for the acting and storytelling. So a better choice is to outsource the post-production. It's highly probable that more mistakes will be caught and that your final product will sound better than if you engineer it yourself. And best of all, you'll spend less time on each book and almost all of that time will be spent doing what you do best, narrating. I've worked with a couple of different editors now and I'm currently working with a third because I think it's important to build a network of people you can count on. Editors and other people who support your business might be busy when you need them, so you'll be less stressed if you know there's someone else you can turn to when the first person you contact is unavailable. So far, I've had great experiences with all three. They're professional and they know their business. Let them do what they do best so you can spend more time doing what you do best. Building a network of reliable pros he can trust to help with editing, proofing, and mastering. That's something that I want you guys to think about. When you are working on long-form projects in particular, make sure that you are setting the budgets for those projects that allow you to hire freelancers to work on them. One of the reasons why audiobook narrators struggle to earn decent money in the beginning is because those projects are so time-consuming. It takes an insane amount of time to record an audiobook, to proof an audiobook, to edit that audio, to get that mastered and, and ready to be delivered. And I know talent who spend months working on one project. So it's no wonder that you're struggling financially because every minute that you are spending working on the editing, the proofing, and the mastering is time that you could actually be spending in the booth recording your next project if you had built the budget in such a way that it allowed you to hire a freelancer. 
You're going to have to learn how to trust, which I know isn't always easy, but there are so many great people out there who can do this, and Rich has learned. He's got a network of people that he can trust now. He's got a network of people who can do this work for him, and it allows him to be more productive. It allows him to spend his time working on the things that he does best, which, of course, is recording, being the voice actor. That's the mindset shift that occurs when you go from voice actor to VOpreneur. In my own business, one of the things that I decided to do when it came time for me to get ready to outsource, I I realized that I had just maxed out. There's only so many hours a week that I can work, right? And it's easy for me to say, oh, well, you know, 80 hours a week, 90 hours a week, 100 hours a week, whatever. Maybe when I was single, but now that I'm married and I have two kids, that's not really realistic. And plus, I I don't really want to do that anyway. So there's only a certain number of hours that are available to me in a given week in order to be able to do everything that I have to do. And I have a lot of stuff that I have to do. I have to work on coaching. I have to work on programs. I do one-on-one coaching. I have to do a podcast. I do my free advice Friday. I'm constantly on social media, sharing content on social media. I have to do my voiceover marketing. I have to reach out to all of my voiceover leads, prospects, clients. I have to do my voiceover recording and all of the stuff that goes along with it. I'm basically running two businesses, my voiceover business and my coaching business, my wife and I are in the process of starting up a another business as well, which is kind of woodworking and craft related. And so that's going to be something I'm going to do on the side for fun. I only have a limited number of time available. And so one of the things that I had to do was I had to sit down and I had to look at my schedule and I had to figure out what are the things that are the most time consuming and what are the things that I am most likely to procrastinate on? And those are two questions that I want you to ask yourself as you look at your schedule. Again, what are the things that are the most time-consuming and what are the things that I am most likely to procrastinate on? Because those are going to give you some pretty good indications of things that you might want to look at outsourcing. And so for me, lead generation was by and far the number one most time-consuming part of my schedule. It was also the one that I was most likely to procrastinate on because of how time-consuming it was. And... It was also the one that was the most no-brainer for me to outsource to somebody else from a trust standpoint, right? I'm not worried about somebody having access to my inbox or, you know, sending somebody to give them access to my accounting or whatever the case may be. Lead generation seemed like a really safe place to start. And apparently I'm not the only one that felt that way. So I want you to listen to Chris Michael's story. He talks about outsourcing lead generation. So we're talking about lead generation and how I actually started doing lead generation. I first heard about it on Vopreneur, and I thought, golly, you know what? That sounds really, really easy, right? That was the first thing that came to my mind. I wanted something easy. I had the time to do it, but I really didn't know how to start, what to do. So that was really my, my main objective in hiring someone to do it so that I know how to do it later on when I want to do it for myself and save that money. So saving time wasn't really a factor for me. However, it's a great factor nonetheless. So I went to freelancer.com. There's a lot of them. You can go to Upwork. You can go to freelancer.com. You can go to people per hour. So it was real easy. I went to freelancer.com. I posted a job for free. The title was looking for lead generation. Then inside the box explaining the job, it was very much the same looking to hire someone to create leads. 
So I posted the job. They ask you if you want to pay per hour or per job. I chose per hour, hoping that I would be able to save some money. And in about 30 minutes, I'm getting 10, 20 responses to my job posting. So I look at who's responded. I look at their profiles. I look at their ratings. A lot of them have previous marketing experience. A lot of them have previous lead generation experience. So I chose one and I said, hey, look, I have this website, which by the way, um, there's a lot of these websites that have lists of production companies and contact information. One of those lists is KFTV. You can go to kftv.com and you can narrow your search down. And so I went to production companies and um, I think there was 400 or something on their list. So I sent the URL to the freelancer and I said, look, these are all the companies that I'd like leads from. So he told me that uh, to do all 400, I think it was going to be $200 maybe. And I said, no, that's how many can you give me for 50 bucks? You know, I mean, it was my first time. I didn't really know what I was doing. So he said, look, I, you know, I'll give you, I think he said 75 or something for 50 bucks. So I said, yeah, let's go ahead and do that. So I told him specifically, I'm going to need the name of the company, the contact name, the title, the email address, and the website. And I only want you to gather information from CEOs or managing directors or producers or, you know, founders, head of production, creative directors. And so that's what he did. And he delivered my list in three days. When I got the list, it was absolutely great. So I paid him the 50 bucks and I'm looking at the list right now. He has it very well laid out company, contact name, title, email address, and website. But the takeaway from hiring someone to do it for me the first time, it took a lot of um, anxiety away. My anxiousness in where do I start? How do I do it? What do I look for? Um, it's all laid out right here from the freelancer that I hired. Chris and I have a slightly different approach to the outsourcing of lead generation. So Chris did it in the beginning because it helped reduce the anxiety of not knowing what to do or, or what to look for. And I love that. Overcome the perfection paralysis by just getting started. Just dig in there, do it, get somebody else to show you the way. And I think that's brilliant. And I respect Chris for admitting that that was a struggle for him and getting out there and doing that lead generation. And now that he has a better idea of how it works, eventually he, he will start doing it himself because he's more comfortable with it. And that is one approach. The other approach is for me, somebody that is as busy as I am, I don't want to have to take that back. If I can find somebody that can do it for me well, then I want to keep that person doing it for me well. And I want to get all my time back to do other things. I can send so many more emails in a given week when all I have to do is open up a spreadsheet and all of the details are already there. I have the name, I have the email address, I have the social media profiles. I get a list, very much like Chris said, and then all I have to do is, you know, write an email. So much easier for me, makes me so much more productive. And so if I have somebody that can do that for me on an ongoing basis, and I do, I'm happy to pay that person for five or 10 hours a week to do lead generation for me so I can gain back all of that time in my life. And so... I want you to think about these things. Don't just assume that you can't afford to outsource because there are a lot of ways that you can do it that will have great benefit to your business. 
Some of the things that I want you to think about. Office work. Can you have someone help you keep track of your inbox or other responsibilities? You know, I, lo- I know uh, several different voice actors who work kind of like a husband and wife partnership where one does the voiceover work and one does some of the more administrative stuff. And I think that's brilliant. They have the ability to work on that together. What about outsourcing your accounting? Can you have someone else handle your invoicing, your expenses, your tax returns, etc.? One of the best things that I ever did for my business, hands down, was starting to work with a really great accountant. And this is another episode, maybe for another day, but here's something I will say. I get asked a lot, when's the right time to start with an accountant? Immediately. The right time to start with your accountant is immediately because you can operate your business at a loss for a couple of years while you're still building things up. You might as well save all that money on taxes. My accountant called me on the phone a couple of days ago to tell me about my 2018 return, and I just about fell off my chair because he had the best news for me that I think I have ever gotten on a tax return. That is the power of having somebody like that on your team that you can outsource something like that to and trust them to do a great job. I don't know jack squat about accounting, so why would I try to figure that out myself? I'm going to outsource that stuff all day long, and it pays for itself many, many, many times over. Editing, like Rich does. If you're doing a lot of long-form narration in particular, audiobooks, e-learning, etc., make sure that you are looking for somebody that you can outsource the editing to and gain back all of that time. Maybe there are ways that you can outsource some of your social media. You know, having somebody else help you with, and maybe they're not going to do the actual posting for you, but maybe they're going to help you come up with the ideas or they're going to work on some of the things that you're going to post. I'm looking right now at hiring somebody to uh, create a bunch of uh, short videos for me that I'm going to use on Instagram and social media. I will provide them with all of the tools that they need and then they just put them all together. Because again, that's just one of those things that I don't need to be spending my time on, but I see the value in having those tools. So if I can outsource it and get it done, great. Lead generation, like Chris talked about, like I do, smart. Think about doing something like that. One of those things that is so time-consuming, you can get somebody else to do for you very inexpensively. Are you working on your website? If you are not a website designer and you are spending a ton of time trying to figure out your website, maybe that's one of those things that you need to be outsourcing. What about graphic design? This is something that I talked about in the business and marketing panel at VO Atlanta. If you are not a graphic designer, stop trying to be one. Because all that money that you think that you are saving for yourself by designing your own logos, designing your own business cards, all of that stuff, you're not actually saving money. What you're doing is you're costing yourself money in the long run because you're making a bad impression. You're making yourself look like an amateur. So don't be afraid to do a little bit of outsourcing. Start looking at your business as a business. Start investing in your business as a business. Use people who are professionals to do the things that they are professional with. We want people to hire us for voiceover. Why? Because they aren't voice actors. So we want them to hire us to do the things that we are an expert at, but we're afraid to hire other people to do the things that they are expert at. And isn't that a little bit hypocritical? Graphic design is one of those things that I think should absolutely be outsourced. And tech support is another one. Like we talked about earlier in this episode, spending 25 or 30 hours on YouTube watching videos trying to figure out how to do stuff in Adobe Audition when you can hire somebody like Uncle Roy and he could have it fixed and figured out for you in less than an hour. Stop wasting time on things that are not adding value back to your business. Stop wasting your time on things that are not making money for your business. 
That mindset shift is going to change the game for you. When you get to that point where you realize the value of making these investments, it is going to change the game for you. We don't hesitate to drop money on microphones. We don't hesitate to drop money on computer equipment. We don't hesitate to drop money on coaching and conferences and demos and all of this stuff because we think they're so valuable to our business. But as soon as somebody mentions the possibility of outsourcing or hiring a freelancer, all of a sudden we can't afford it. All of a sudden we don't have any money anymore. We sit down every weekend and we look at the Walmart flyer to see what's on sale and decide what we're going to buy. And we go out and we get another TV, even though we just got a TV six months ago. But we got to get the TV because it's on sale, because it's a great deal, because it's in the Walmart flyer. We don't hesitate to spend money on stupid things like that. But if you took that $200, $300, $500 and invested it back into your business and you were able to 5X or 10X that investment, Wouldn't that be smarter? You got to start thinking like a VOpreneur. You got to start opening yourself up to the possibility of outsourcing. You've got to open yourself up to letting other people do the things that they do well for you so that you can do the things that you do well and that only you do. Guys, thanks so much for checking out another episode of the Everyday VOpreneur podcast. And I really do hope that this opens you up to the possibility Think about it. Think about how good it's going to feel. I would be stuck in my business if I hadn't started outsourcing certain things because there's only so far that I can take it on my own. And the same goes for you. There's only so far that you can take it on your own. Start thinking about the things that you shouldn't be doing so that you can start doing the things only you should be doing. Maybe you're going to be like Ron. And you're going to hire somebody to start mowing your lawn. That's actually something that I need to think about. Guys, remember to share the episode. Remember to uh, like it. Leave comments on it as well. You can listen anywhere. I would love to get reviews from you on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and Podbean. And don't forget to shop for your VOpreneur swag, including the latest design, which says, I'm the CEO. Because you are. You are the CEO of your company. And when you start thinking that way, you're going to start seeing growth because it's going to open you up to new possibilities. Thanks for listening, guys. Catch you on the next one. The Everyday Vopreneur Podcast. Available everywhere fine podcasts are given away for free. Mostly, we think. Your number one marketing tool is your voiceover demos. When you're posting them online, you want to be sure they're playable on any device and with any browser. The Voice Sam Player does exactly that. Sign up at msvo.me slash msvoicesam and receive three months of Voice Sam for the price of one. Sign up now at msvo.me slash msvoicesam. And scene. And that's a wrap. Thanks for hanging in. Thanks for hanging out. Want more VOpreneur goodness? Jump online at vopreneur.com.